Hello everybody. Okay, thank you and welcome to the first episode of what we are calling Lightning Lap. It's the show where we talk about Bitcoin, gaming and our guest does a lap around Satoshi Village, but more on that later. Um, today we have three very special guests. Um, we're going to talk about Lightning, uh, we're going to talk about green mining, proof marshals, among other things. Uh, but in no significant order, we have Brad Mills, Peter Todd and Crypto Mags. Um, from what I know, Brad is a magician, Peter is a fine art student, and CryptoMags worked in a library, the children's section. But I'm sure there's other things about you, so... <laughs> if you just would like to give a quick intro about yourself, you know, like how you got into Bitcoin, and um, yeah, let's start there. So do you want to go first, Brad? Sure, yeah, so I got into Bitcoin uh, with a, a recovering magician, like you said, and... Uh, I got into entrepreneurship and I was developing Facebook games and uh, had been had a game that had virtual currency in it and I experienced a hyperinflationary event in my game and started to have to become an economist to manage this game economy that kind of acted like Zimbabwe and that's pretty interesting yeah I was learning about how fiat sucks and how the money I was making with my game was being devalued constantly and I had to get out of fiat so it was 2011 silver had just gone to like a run to 40 bucks and the guy that i was looking at online for uh import tips said hey check out this digital gold thing called bitcoin you can mine it with a gaming computer so that's that was my first introduction to to bitcoin i was like this is amazing uh it's, i i got digital currency because i was running a virtual currency game i didn't know that yeah it's fascinating learning about gold and wh why why dollars suck so that was my intro to bitcoin Oh, well, yeah, that's quite interesting, especially the idea of, like, I'm a game developer myself, and then you have these stories about, like, very popular games that have, like, inflation and deflationary problems, and, you know, and, yeah, you know, um, I think it was one game that had, a, a, the economy was was comparable to a small country or something like that. It's pretty crazy. But, yeah, cool. I think, I love I... Your game. Like, uh, think about roller <laughs> it's definitely like a big rabbit hole to go down. I think the the, the idea that, like, does it, putting Bitcoin in a game, does it solve problems or does it make these problems worse or does it add different problems? You know, it's. It, I think it's quite an interesting sandbox, uh, uh, you know, by itself. Note how there's a real distinction between like online games, which are okay with you exchanging real world money for in-game items, and ones that go to great lengths to ban that. Mm. You know, so it's a very big like design decision. Way. Yeah, it's kind of, um, in a way, a game developer wants to kind of be Keynesian and he wants to control everything. You know, he, he, he controls the physics, so does he want to give up his game economy to, like, you know, a, a currency? Uh, but let's continue with the intros and maybe we can jump back into that. Um, Peter, do you want to go next? Yeah, well, uh, so my first introduction to digital currency rather than uh, Bitcoin was actually when I was a teenager. And uh, I got interested in the free net censorship resistant publication um, system. And that was all well and good, but you know, pretty quickly I realized, you know, this really needs like a digital currency because you can't really, you know, have, like, you, you can't oppose the government without money. You know, if you want to go and be able to effectively, you know, make use of publication and be able to go and have you know real political opposition you need money as well you need things like you know pay people uh, to write articles and all kinds of stuff and i started reading about digital currency i also was learning a bit about crypto and 
of course, quite famously, I managed to get on a mailing list with uh, Adam Back and uh, right. Hal Finney all, all the way back then, which would be what, 2002 <laughs> or something? Or 2001 or so? So How uh, old were you then? Yeah, that's where <laughs> I kind of wound up there. Like 16. Well, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, probably like you and time Blue ago. Matt were kind of the youngsters maybe around... I remember Blue Matt had a similar thing, did he? He was like a kid. Uh, in high I was the youngster then. Blue Matt was the youngster more recently. I see. Okay, I see. So he's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, long story short is then when I actually write about the Bitcoin white paper, which I think was like late 2009, early 2010, I, you know, when I read it, I was like, oh, shoot, I should have thought of this. This is brilliant. <laughs> so but unfortunately, I was working full time at the time, plus trying to go get another degree. So... You know, I didn't really pay much attention to it for the next couple of years. You were doing a fine arts degree, if I remember. So that was yeah. also so, playing around uh, with tech on the side or? Well, I'd finished the, yeah, I, I think at that point I finished the fine arts degree and I started working at, a, like as an analog electronics designer at a startup making new type of gravity sensor. Yes. And, you know, when you're like an analog electronics degree um, designer with fine arts degree, you kind of, you know, feel like maybe you should get another one. So I was also doing physics part-time. But I, n I never wound up finishing that. I uh, went into Bitcoin full-time instead. I know the feeling, so... I, oh, go on, Max. You're the OG person I've met in person. So you haven't met Adam back then? No, I haven't had the... Well, we, we got to fix that, because okay. yeah, I'm nowhere near as OG as him. <laughs> it's almost like vampires, in a way. Like, like you know, like, I saw a vampire movie where it's like oh he's a thousand year old vampire yeah. but then like a three thousand year old vampire comes yeah. in and it's like people yeah. are like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you haven't met count back have yeah. you yeah <laughs> sorry i'm just gonna have to get we had an audio issue at the beginning so brad do you just want to give your intro again sorry about that guys people didn't get it so if you just want <laughs> yeah yeah I was, a... not, I was on the mailing list in 2011 <laughs> when uh 2000 before peter todd actually and uh i was working three um, jobs as a physicist who was also a personal assistant to Craig Wright and I was rescuing Adam back from drowning in a pool and he told me about this Bitcoin thing and you fostered uh, orphan puppies at some point too right that's what I remember <laughs> yeah I hold the multi-signature to Satoshi's coins so now I do a podcast called magic that's, internet money called magic internet money that's me <laughs> yeah that's exactly what brad said at the beginning so just... <laughs> <laughs> i think that was better wasn't it yeah max you're gonna have to top that maybe <laughs> oh okay well okay hold on so i was working at the library and i opened up a book and it came across a paper wallet of satoshi's oh, shit. <laughs> nice is that, is that a sufficient origin story <laughs> only if you uh, cryptographically sign with it <laughs> yeah the book the book was provided uh, the no. librarian provided her the book from best buy it was a new book <laughs> yeah no no so i i uh on a more serious note be before bitcoin i was uh working in government uh on, on you know carbon markets electricity pricing and economic development like how can we help our startups grow and then uh, i fell down the rabbit hole first it was more like a Hmm, what is this? Price is going up 2017. Let's 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 check this out. But honestly, once you kind of get in and especially if you need to send money overseas and you're standing in line at the post office and you're like, it's been like 
30 minutes this is so slow and then at the same time that week you do a transaction and you're like oh my god it's magic it just got sent instantaneously <laughs> like that was I think the time when I started to get converted to this religion <laughs> Join but, us. but from like a personal note um I mean I have family whose land was taken away when the borders of Poland moved and so you know uh, personal experience and seeing kind of that loss and and you know the reminiscing of how wonderful it used to be you you can see why censorship resistance and and um and you know sorry like um <coughs> oh my god talking it, it, seizure of assets really plays in so so you know from a personal note i can it's important yeah i've heard that story a lot actually. i think a lot of, um my <laughs> sister-in-law is from bulgaria and just telling she told me stories about how just like all her family's wealth was just taken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not that it makes, you know, like, it's pretty tough in Bitcoin, too. So I also represent all affected users of Quadriga as appointed mm. by the Supreme Court in Canada to oversee the bankruptcy. And really? Wow. Users and people lost a lot of money and some of them, like, all their life savings. And it's a sad story. So it still happens. You know, we're getting better about bringing on the newbies and onboarding them and trying to figure out the best way to do that so they don't get you know, hack, like Brad, I think you just posted recently about someone that lost 50k with the ledger fishing. Yeah, they got they got fooled by that ledger. We were trying to like double yeah. spend the coins, but he paid too high of a fee. So it got confirmed before we could try to yeah. contact some miners and get it back. Hardware wallets in a way can be dangerous for new people because it kind of gives them a full sense of security, you know, and then there's like all these social scams. I think you spoke a bit about that, Peter, actually, I remember on the podcast yeah, I, I would go as far to say as hardware wallets are you know depending on your threat model dangerous for any user yeah because you've got this piece of hardware that anyone in the supply chain knows is going to use protect some bitcoin that, that is yeah. a very big target there's also no plausible deniability say that you buy like an iphone or something that you know you can say like well yeah i i, I didn't buy this for bitcoin but if you buy a hardware wallet you can't say that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you're a target. I just wanted to be cool and show people I have a cold card. <laughs> in, in Japan, yeah, that's when, a calculator though. When I was in Japan, um, they had this. Uh, there was a popular craze where people would decorate their treasure and use it as bling. And then, obviously, Japan is like a very safe country, so maybe they think they can do that. Although one person yeah. did get robbed in a hotel once, but yeah, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, just it's a crazy thing. Um, well, even if you don't properly back up your seed right and then let's say you haven't logged into it for like a year or two and you're like crap what was my pin again and then yeah. you blow it up after three tries for the ledger and it's like oh crap oh, <laughs> and, and I, I can't believe like they set limits like three i mean yeah, know, do the math on this you don't need three <laughs> yeah one of my pet peeves about pin number uh systems like so would you say then for like a new person like what would you tell them? Would you say just it's better? It, like, if you're completely not tech savvy, it's just better to use a trusted custodial exchange or would, or would you not even recommend that? Uh, like, no, no, I, I wouldn't recommend that either because, I mean, well, after all, the, the threat is not someone getting, like, the biggest threat usually is not someone getting your private keys. Um, it's someone getting access to the wallet. Yeah. And the private keys are, you know, it doesn't matter if they get the private keys, if they can go and get a withdrawal to happen. And that could happen just as easily in a trusted custodial wallet. If anything, it seems to happen more often through people getting their accounts hacked into. 
Yeah, I think um, what a useful practice is to get one of those like UV keys or like the what's the Google Google Titan. So at least like as people, I, I I had one day. It was about a year ago. Is when I first started working with um, 3AQ to launch the Bitcoin Fund on the Toronto Stock Exchange, and suddenly. I got within one day something like 13 different tries to get into my Gmail account. Yeah. Um, and that worried me. So I ended up getting one of those because good luck logging in at that point. And you could see they were coming in from different parts, like, yeah. you know, it, US, Europe, Russia, or whatever. Um, but uh, so, so, so add that plus your 2FA, and then it's a lot easier to hack in. I think like 2FA is a good low hanging fruit that everybody just. You know, it's yeah. just, it should be in a way taught in schools, you know, in a way, or it's just like basic kind of yeah. security nowadays that most people, more people don't know about. Sorry, you're going to say something. I think, the, I think the big thing though is like, you know, for actual advice, there's really A, is it money you can afford to lose? In which case, I don't know, do whatever works for you. Who cares? But if it's not, well, and, you know, this is advice I've actually given people. Just go get a second cell phone, put a Bitcoin wallet on it, and don't yeah. use it for anything else. Yeah. You know? Just buy a used, like, if you yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah. I know back yeah. in the early days, some people would just um, get an iPod Touch or something, which is f fairly cheap. And then I think they said in, at the time, Bread Wallet was the wallet that people could just install. It was like, you know, just put it in there and to forget about it kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. It, and that is actually quite clever because it does remove um, the cellular network. Is yes. A potential and it's cheaper issue. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't know anything about iPod touches. I don't so. think they sell them anymore, do they? The, the... I have no idea. No, I used to oh. use them a lot because I use it to, to develop apps. I didn't really want to use it as a phone. So it was a cheap thing. But no, I, have, I don't think they do it anymore. I don't know. Maybe they do. Don't some people get like burner phones? So, so some, some, some terrible services and websites I, and banking still uses like SMS um, messaging. So I know people that get a second cell phone with like a burner phone with like a little card that that's not the number they give away, but you do get your SMS messaging. Yeah, a lot away. of crazy banks, yeah, yeah, just use SMS, which is we, we, we know is terrible for like two to a but I, I do have burner phones, but. I don't wind up using them that much because, you know, because for say my banking security, I'm not really that worried. Yeah, because the, the bank is accountable so in a way. Bad. Well, I mean, it, in practice, they're not really as comfortable as you might want, but like there's so little you can really do about that that you know yeah, worrying about it is a big deal. I think if yeah, all your Whereas money moves, the bank matter, would stop yeah, it anyway, right? Them. You know, like yeah. the bank generally isn't just going to let all your money move to an account in Russia without at least giving you a call or something right here. But having said that. You'd, you'd be surprised. You'd yeah. be very surprised. <laughs> What's worse is then those times that you actually need it moved, because let's say you're in another country and you lost your card or something and something just goes wrong. I have that happen with PayPal. They're like, oh, really? You want to do this transaction? Well, you need to be at home in Ontario yeah. and answer this phone. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I'm on a little island. Well, it's funny you say that because I do actually like one. You know, I, I bank with few banks, but one of the banks I deliberately use. You know, a password I've memorized without mm -hmm. any extra security, just so if I wind up in some foreign country, I'll be able to have a better chance getting money. <laughs> um, so yeah, just moving on. So you're all Bitcoiners. You all have that in common. But there's one thing you also have in common is that you're all Canadians, Ooh. and um, I, I think that's right. <laughs> I think, 
So Canada, Canada for me is a bit of a paradox of a country because it's like, I don't... It, healthcare? No. no, no, it's just like, it's a country where French and British live together. And that just, oh. <laughs> being from the UK, that just, just seems like a, you know, impossibility. But yeah, just um, anyway, just moving aside. Like, so what is Bitcoin like in Canada? I, I know like two things spring to mind. One was Andreas spoke to the Senate quite early on, so it seemed that Canada was quite kind of yeah. progressive. And then there was the Quadriga kind of thing. The, the, that the really thing. put us on the map, <laughs> not in a good way. But do you think like Bitcoin, like do is it? Fast? Unfortunately, it's mostly Ethereum and crypto in Canada now okay. because of, a lot of like the Toronto scene. There's so yeah. many startups like Aon and Ethereum guys started there, and like all these crypto people are are like infiltrating through Canada <laughs> and it kind of sucks because the message of Bitcoin kind of gets uh, mixed in with all that. Is that not true? Every country though, do you think? Everything? Or is it like a Bitcoin pure country? Yeah. Yeah. I, there's certainly places with more Bitcoin stuff going on. Yeah. Even between say Toronto and Montreal, Montreal seems to have a lot, lot more Bitcoin stuff. Yeah, going Montreal on. is way more Bitcoin centered than crypto centered. It seems oh, like Toronto. Alberta. I feel like Alberta, a lot of Bitcoiners move there. Um, a, because, you know, like guns. No. <laughs> it's We're the Texas of Canada yeah, in Alberta. Exactly. But um, no, no, I, I jest there. But I mean, you you look at, um, they have the, the annual, what is it? the road, What's the rodeo that they have in Alberta all the time? It's, Calgary it's, rodeo. It's stampede. Yeah, stampede. stampede. Yeah, the Calgary Stampede. So, so there you go. Plus the, um, you know, the mountains, the beauty, and um, the taxes are a lot lower businesses. <laughs> are they really? Yeah. I was born in Calgary. Can I get some kind of preferential tax treatment? <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to live there, sir. Oh, <laughs> no, but also actually, for in terms of Bitcoin businesses, though, and I mean, this is this is still a problem of getting banking right. Mm. If you're a Bitcoin business, it's, it's challenging, and for a while. Um, one of the only two banks um, that offered banking services were the ones in Alberta. And one of them was a crown corporation, so actually government. Yeah. Financial, yeah. The uh, bull Bitcoin, half of the team is from there, right? Like Montreal yeah. and Alberta, that's kind of yeah, the center Montreal of... Yeah, Montreal and Alberta, yeah. I, yeah. I think there's, it might be shifting a little bit now that you know institutional Bitcoin has arrived in a, in a big way. You know, you've got the financial center in Toronto. So you've got Canaccord that has a big team there. I mean, Fidelity exists. Uh, oh, there's that new fund being launched by, is it CI and Galaxy? So that would probably be out of Toronto. Is that the Cypherpunk Holdings or is that a different one? Uh, out of the Toronto Stock Exchange. It's the new fund. Uh, what's Nova Press launching? Galaxy. to the three IQs fund, but slightly lower management fee. But I think is it Blockstream and Kraken? They're both registered in Canada. Is that right, or did I no I hear that uh, wrong? Blockstream Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's kind of friendlyish for Bitcoin businesses. Just the banking is hard. You have to have some sort of. It's the problem is, and actually, it was really fun. Well, not funny, but like ironic. So you know, pandemic hit, and I recall some of the Bitcoin businesses trying to get loans, like government loans that are meant to help small businesses. Yeah. And like twenty emails in, they're actually like. Okay, the real reason we can't help you is because you're involved in Bitcoin, yeah. and so uh, it's brutal. still a struggle. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm really glad to see that you know you have people like 
Kraken coming in and Avanti launching and others in the U.S. are, are trying to get banking charters. It's just going to be mm. a little bit more supportive. Yeah, of course, it's important to, to remember that the irony of all this is part of why Bitcoin is useful is because banks can go and refuse, you know, business to people for terrible reasons. You know, if we actually had like a system where banks couldn't be doing any of that, you then have less demand for Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a... funny that they're, they're like, everything in Canada is, is more of a monopoly, it seems, like the airlines yeah. and the, the, the banks and phone companies. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all like these, uh, yeah. corporatism is really even worse in Canada than it is in the yeah. United States. So I remember hearing uh, Austin Hill, I think it was, from Kraken talking about how they were, in 2017 they were trying to get into the Canadian banking system and it, it was it's like a cartel it's like literally yeah. like a, like a monopoly banks. yeah it's very challenging and so when we were launching the, the Bitcoin fund with 3iq um, you know just to try to get them on the syndicate for the initial pu public offering like there's a group of investment banks that um, launch it and we couldn't get any traction with the big five we ended up getting some of the investment banks like Panaccord um, that are really into Bitcoin but actually it's it's but to see this, so this year though, the new fund that's launching, it, it's changed. Like the, yeah. because CIBC led the syndicate and there was another bank, I can't remember at the moment, another, um, well, I think it was BMO was also on the syndicate. So just within, you know, a few months, everything's changed ever since, you know, well, the quantitative easing, the whole macro yeah. environment, um, and all kind of like the whole career risk has been going down between people like Michael Saylor, um, BlackRock coming out and talking about Bitcoin. It's I, I feel like we're getting this accelerated shift of more acceptance and towards Bitcoin. Yeah, and Canadian uh, banks are are just as bad as the rest of the, like Deutsche Bank and then J.P. Morgan. All these other banks yeah, are fraud yeah. too. Scotia Bank was like fined like two hundred million dollars for rigging okay. the metals market. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound too different to other countries kind of in a way, in a way it's kind of like... but the good thing one good really cool thing was when when like the three iq was battling the government i was so skeptical that that was going to happen because the government you figure they're just because everything is so like monopolistic and corrupt in at that level you just figure they're just going to stamp it out just like they did in the united states but three iq actually defeated the regulators or, or got you know well they they won I was there and I was actually live tweeting the, the court hearing and it was just shocking watching. They, I, I don't feel like the regulator so, was ready. They can you give a bit of context? Like for, like, I think a lot of people might not know oh, what this sure. court case yeah. is about. So, so 3IQ, like three years before, was trying to get the Bitcoin fund launched. Okay, so 3IQ is like but, an investment fund for Bitcoin. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, so what it is, it's a closed down fund. So there's an initial raise of capital where people want, you know, okay. to hold Bitcoin, um, like real Bitcoin in a custodian, and that fund gets listed. But it's closed down in the sense that it's a certain amount is raised. So then when that amount um, is raised and then Bitcoin is purchased, that is then what is traded. It's not like a constant like daily buy and sell depending on demand. So sometimes there's a premium and actually there is has been a premium. It's gotten as high as 40% on that fund um, depending on you know what the demand for Bitcoin is like. But that's very similar too to Grayscale where they tend to have big premiums and even like some excessive ones for Litecoin and, mm. and Bitcoin Cash, which I saw hit something <laughs> like a thousand percent 
it just seems like so many things that can go wrong but um but so so but before they could get listed um can i jump in for one sec max yeah, yeah. so for people that are listening that don't know what these closed-in funds and stuff are it's basically like if you want to put your um tax-free savings account or re registered retirement savings account or in the united states the equivalent of a 401k or a roth ira it's your tax beneficial um registered account if you you, you can put that usually in funds or bonds or whatever most regular people don't even use them, but people in Canada get this same treatment with uh, the TFSA and the RSP. And there was no way for Canadians to get exposure to the price yeah. appreciation of Bitcoin through the registered yeah. funds that the government gives us. And that's what 3IQ was trying to do. They were trying to make a, a ticker that you could just buy in your tax-free savings account and get a hundred yeah. X on Bitcoin yeah. tax-free. So you don't have to pay capital gains pretty much. No, yeah. yeah. So there's a limit. What is it now? Like 70,000 or something? Yeah, every person gets something like 6,500 a year and it's about seven, eight, nine years old now. So every year you get to stack but more. But they, the, they were fighting the regulators or the government? The or? Re yeah, so the regulator came out and said it's not in the public interest <laughs> for people to hold Bitcoin. So they were actually... Not in their interest. Yeah. So they were actually making a ruling and what was actually, uh, you know, like on what people can and can't invest in, which isn't really their job. It's okay. more, you know, to protect the integrity of markets and to protect. You can buy Briex, but you can't buy Bitcoin. Yeah. You, you can lose 95%. Well, you're saying you that they won minutes. in the end, right? So I think the fund is. They did. Yeah. What was actually really funny was during this ruling, like some of the actual uh, Ontario Securities Commission folks actually did hold Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. I said that's probably the. Awesome. Was, awesome. The regulators thought, wait a minute, I have Bitcoin. I don't want to pay tax on this. <laughs> the, key point, the key point was to take this and argue for why it's in the public interest. And I mean, in some ways, Quadriga helped because, you know, um, when it went down, it's like, what safe alternatives are there? Like, if you can hold it with a qualified institutional grade custodian, in some ways, that's safer than like, you know, using Quadriga or some other fly by night, you know, Asian exchange, yeah. that kind of closed up shop. Um, so, so the key part about taking it to court was that they could then argue um, and the ruling, you know, it was like something like a 27 page ruling that said, basically, you know, the OSC, the Securities Commission cannot, you know, de determine what, you know, is a safe or, or not safe investment. And so that's really paved the way. So in some ways, you know, it's a competitive advantage uh, for them to be first, but a competitive disadvantage in that they um, spent a lot of legal funds fighting the Securities Commission to, to advocate on behalf of consumers to be able to hold this, uh, you know, Bitcoin in these accounts. But, um, but and you know, now other players can come in a, a lot easier because that ruling applies to anyone. But I think it's just, honestly, it's just in the public interest to be able to have that, right? Um, and now, now there's um, 14,000 Bitcoins under management by 3IQ in the last 12 months or so. So they got yeah, like 400 million or so. Yeah. They're doing good. <laughs> Canadians are stacking in their registered accounts. <laughs> but it's not real Bitcoin, right? I mean, it's just like price exposure to Bitcoin. So yeah. you got to factor that into yeah. your to your security model and your, you know, preferential uh, Bitcoin acquisition strategy. Yeah, the nice you thing. You want to have that. only paper Bitcoins. Yeah, yeah. I, I ideally what would like best case scenario is to cut out more intermediaries because it's like a fund that's then using an institutional grade custodian, but it'd be even better if I could just send my big, you know, use an institutional grade custodian, um, you know, in these qualified registered or tax-free savings account. And the best case scenario is you just hold it on your own. 
I think you can in the US. I think CoinShares or someone figured out a way to do that, but we're not there yet. And I feel like things like tax treatment, you have to talk to different government regulatory bodies to kind of get to that point. Can it feels like there's got to be a multi-sig way that yeah. would fit yeah. under some law, you know? Yeah, that would be awesome. I guess, and in a way, that would be in the interest of the consumer if that's what, you know, they're concerned yeah, about protecting like, people, right? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You guys have, do, do you have something like that where you're living at, Christian? I'm not actually sure because I've been living abroad and I'm, fr I'm from the UK, but I left the UK when I was pretty much like a child. I've been living mainly in Australia and Japan and then I've come back to the UK oh. like this year. So I have no idea what's going on. I, I live in Bitcoin crypto online world most of the time, right. but I don't have any Bitcoin anyway because I lost it all in the boating accident. So yeah. Right. <laughs> no, yours was a car racing accident. That was it. Yeah, yeah. A, car, a carding, a car, a tragic <laughs> carding accident. Um, admittedly, I don't really pay too much attention to trying to get another ten percent on taxes. Like Bitcoin's gone so much up, you know, who cares? I, I did it well, in Japan. I did have to pay forty percent on Bitcoin tax <laughs> once. Yeah, I had to. I had to liquidate for some emergency, and it's yeah. like forty percent. Wow. Yeah, and you get hit with. Yeah. Well, for people that are curious, the tax rate here, the, the way the taxes works on cashing out Bitcoin is it's kind of arbitrary and the government can reassess you and audit you and then decide based on your activity level if you're actually deserving of capital gains or if you're considered uh, income, So, which is kind of scary. Yeah, so what, if you're a day trader, they might consider that income. Yeah. Uh, so you, so you want to like not trade yeah, okay. in Canada, and and a lot of people don't get this until they get their like they they start to look into it and they realize oh every time I trade one crypto for a stable coin or Bitcoin yeah. for wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum or something like that I have to claim my cost base this it's, yeah, it, it's crazy. Happen. I remember going to the Japanese tax office and they had this rule so and Pepe Cash was actually an approved <laughs> currency in Japan because an exchange listed it. And I'm going yeah. to the lady there. I was like, yeah, so how do I declare my Pepe cash? And she didn't know what Bitcoin was. <laughs> Explain what Pepe cash was. It's like crazy rules. <laughs> um, anyway, just moving on. That, that's fascinating, I think, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, interesting how these good rules advice, Good advice for any Canadians that are watching those, just buy and hold Bitcoin for as long as you yeah. can and don't trade and like just try to secure that capital gains treatment so that you're not going to be reassessed as an active trader and have to pay. Yeah, trading on exchange is always it. risky because, you know, the, the tax office can always see what you've been up to or, or get that. At least in the U.S. Like in the U.S. You know, there's short term capital gains versus long term capital gains. It's clearly defined. So even if, you know, you know, you can decide I'm going to trade or I'm not going to trade. And then I know what my tax rate's going to be here. It's just always this risk of yeah this... it's a, it does feel a little subjective yeah. yeah hopefully we get clarification on that in the next five years <laughs> time make... year Jeez. yeah so i just wanted to change gears a second and i, I think i'm not gonna let you we're gonna go back to taxes <laughs> <laughs> should i just do my tax return now i think i have to do my tax return so <laughs> while she all's here how do i get a canadian do i get a canadian passport being british can i move to alberta does it work like oh, that I think... I think the queen is your queen right Commonwealth. We, we do share. Well. <laughs> you know what's crazy? In Australia, they get the Queen's birthday off. Do you get that in Canada? The Queen's birthday is a national holiday. Yeah. Well, Victoria yeah. Day, isn't that Victoria Day? Well, well no, it's like the current Queen. It's her birthday is is a, is a day what? off. It's, an, no, it's we don't have a national day. Really? It's a national holiday in Australia, but not in Britain. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you got to give people a day off to go and. Uh, 
you know, do their protests against this ridiculous form of government they have. I think I, the, I most people have barbecues in England. I think. <laughs> Sorry, in Australia, they have a barbecue, maybe. Um, but yeah, uh, proof marshals. So this is something which I think it might have some applications to gaming. So we have like a lot of, our audience has a lot of Bitcoin yeah. gamers. But proof marshals, I know, is something that you've been working on for a while, Peter. And um, I think yeah. before I jump into that, I think what a lot of people might not know is I think you were quite instrumental in, in into the existence of the lightning the lighting network because was it, is it bip 65 or that's used in lightning contracts like check lock time verify yeah, I think that was it's, one of it's, yours it's one of um i forget exactly like what, what exactly what, what it's being used for right now but essentially it's one of two bips that let you prevent coins from being spent until time in the future yeah yeah and my one was the first one that kind of came out. It's, it's a very, it's a much, much simpler one. A relative second one, one was the complex yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so... Uh, but, go on, sorry. Yeah, I'll just say, so like the difference is, the one I did was it lets a transaction output be unspendable until a point in time in the future. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is it lets the transaction output be unspendable until a point in time after it was created. Got you. So, so it's like relative, relative time yeah. versus absolute. Relative time, yeah. The relative one is the complex one. That's where all the tech work it went into. But like the interesting thing about, you know, Bitcoin protocol changes is it's a real sort of political side to it. You know, and my change was like, I mean, literally, you know, what it, six lines of code, you know, however many more lines of like tests, you know, however many more lines of like, you know, written material on it, arguing for it. You know, it's just one of those things where it's so lopsided, the amount of effort in the coding versus effort in getting everyone on board and showing that this will actually work and showing that the process will work and so on. So that then, of course, led the way to then further upgrades. Yeah, yeah. Like. No, it's cool. So, um, from yeah, so Proof Marshall. So um, I heard this has something to do it single-use seals and maybe something to do with the RGB protocol, which some of our listeners might be interested in. But could you just kind of give a layman's, if it's possible, a layman's explanation of what proof marshals are? Um, well, so, so maybe I'll start like really, I mean, the general philosophy, which is you look at something like, say, Ethereum, or even for that matter, my own check lock time verify. Mm -hmm. And the idea there is, well, we have some logic and we put the logic into the chain mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, Bitcoin nodes will actually execute at least some of the rules that make it all happen. Sure. And where Proof Marshall kind of came out of is the idea of, uh, you know, what I was kind of calling embedded consensus way back when. And long story short, it's really saying, well, all right, how about we put all the logic outside the chain? You know, what is the absolute bare minimum we, of, crypt, of, you know, of cryptography we actually need to be public and kind of on the chain? And I think you can boil, for at least many types of protocols, you can boil this down to the notion of a single-use seal. And the analogy I like to give is like one of those numbered seals on, say, a shipping container. You know, if I go close that seal over the latch at one end, and I go tell you what the number should be, at the other end, you can verify the number and say, oh, yeah, that's definitely the, the thing I closed it over because... You know, there's only one number of that seal in the entire world, and there only ever will be. You know, obviously that analogy breaks down slightly, but cryptographically, it's kind of similar in the sense that it lets something happen exactly once. Okay. And that's sort of the definition of consensus. You have a thing that can happen, and it can only happen once in a particular way. And if you can make that 
bit of crypto work, well, then you can build things on top of it. Like say, well, if I have a, a seal, I could then close it over another seal. And then that seal could close over another seal and suddenly you have a chain. And, or, you know, potentially you make that chain represent, say, a unit of currency or something. You know, there's lots of ways to kind of work with this. But what's interesting about it is because the underlying protocol that you implement these seals on doesn't need to know what's happening, you can build anything you want on something as simple as Bitcoin without cooperation. So is and, it, I was going to say, is it fair to say then the, the seal on the container is what's like in the Bitcoin blockchain, but the stuff inside the container that can happen on another chain that can happen elsewhere that doesn't need to be recorded. Is that, exactly. Is that okay? That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in the physical world, we can't do this, but in this magical yeah, crypto yeah. world. So to compare you know, to something it, like. It, it's a hash basically. Like all your actual yeah. data can be outside. You know, it doesn't actually need to be on the chain. So like something like Ethereum at the moment would have like everything in the container, all the, it, that would, everything would be on the chain, right? So if you have a, a program or a software, something exactly. complicated, it would all have yeah. to be on the chain. And all the nodes would have to verify that. But you're yeah. saying with proof marshals, we don't really care about that stuff being on the chain. We just want this kind of proof, like the, the, the seal at the end, which is. Yeah. A lot and in fact, you can actually do better than that, which is you can go make a chain that is sealed by things that are actually on Bitcoin. And then all the data related to all these other seals isn't actually on Bitcoin. And that gets you scaling. You know, long story short is Ooh. with Proof Marshall, you can do as many transactions per second as you want. With the catch being that, well, you have to trust the people running these sort of secondary chains with regard to censorship. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of what like Republic, you know, if you're looking at these Ethereum things like they kind of they are the, everybody is trusting all these these companies building on DeFi yep. and stuff. They're just yep. peddling this like fake narrative that it's yeah. decentralized it's and everything but really they're fun. trusting the trust in model is, is, <laughs> you got to yeah. trust republic they got the keys oh. yeah and you, you know that, that idea with proof marshals really say well why don't we just go make this trade-off and mm -hmm. accept that it's there in exchange for much better scalability and also a lot more reliability because you know if, if my application written with the proof marshal library breaks it doesn't matter to you you know none of the logic is affecting Bitcoin. It's just some extra transaction outputs that you don't even know what they do. You know, it's similar to my um, earlier, uh, and still ongoing for that matter, uh, timestamping project, open timestamps. You know, again, it timestamps data, but all that data and all the Merkle trees to make that all possible, that's entirely off Bitcoin. For Bitcoin's point so, of view, it's just a couple transaction outputs. To kind of give a bit of context, so like I've been trying to do Bitcoin and gaming since like 2013. And I kind of saw very often like this stuff doesn't really scale, you know, um, but yeah. like now we kind of, we, we kind of take it off a of Bitcoin and do a lot of stuff on the lightning network. However, th there are a lot of people who want to kind of, you know, they want to put like games on the blockchain, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. At the moment there's one game, Satoshi's games, um, light night, they kind of experimenting with the uh, NFTs and skins, which I like, there's a whole kind of, other side of that but just speaking i want to see more female skins on that <laughs> but just technically you know um they're kind of i think they're doing their skins on liquid like a side chain pretty much yeah but okay. would yeah. proof marshall in a way kind of let you link a kind of say like a some sort of gaming side chain which could do what it ever wants and you know with regards yeah. to nfts or tokens or whatever or gameplay but then you 
you could tie it back into Bitcoin for like more security or, or I, I, I don't well, know. I mean, let's, let, let's look at a concrete example. You know, suppose you're running a, you know, multi-person MMORG, whatever thing, and you have an in-game currency. Yeah. Once the currency starts to become a bit more valuable, you might want to be able to go and prove, hey, you know, yeah, the, this is the total supply of the currency. This is, you know, the ownership transfers are valid. You know, we're not playing any funny games here and so on. You know, that might be something you want to prove. And for that matter, that might be something you want to prove to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, often, after all, you want to have a good enough auditing so that people within the company can know it's all being legit, sure. even if they don't care if the rest of the world can audit it. Sure. Sorry, do you mean like internally you want to uh, prove it to yourself or as a client or like a gamer you want to prove it to yourself? Well, well I, my point is, so internally you often want to purely yeah. because at a company you don't want your database admins to be able to steal money. Okay. And where Proof Marshall comes in is it being a library to then let you build these kinds of abstractions. It would let you go take that essentially, you know, database of who owns what. Yeah. And link it back to Bitcoin in such a way that it's impossible to modify that database without it being visible. So you could, you would be able to compare it to like uh, some sort of timestamp or some sort of proof that was added to the Bitcoin chain. And we could get, hey, wait a minute, something's funny going on in this chain because this proof marshal that was on the Bitcoin chain doesn't match anymore. It's Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, all the data that we're kind of proving, that's not on Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But you can run, you know, you can process that data and go through it and say, hang on, I know this should go back to these Bitcoin transaction outputs. But as an example, well, maybe it doesn't. Yeah. And then you know immediately, hang on, something went wrong there. Let's figure out, you know, so anyway, why, why there's this inconsistency. A, like a second or a side chain or a project. I guess it could be a database as well, I suppose. In yeah. a way, it could be a public in- mechanism for people to keep them honest because they would. Well, let, let me go point out. So the key, like Proof Marshall and Liquid compete with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least they will once Proof Marshall's a bit further along. But mm-hmm. the, the key difference is Liquid, just like Bitcoin, all the data is in one place. You know, yeah, you can run a Liquid node, but yeah. it fundamentally doesn't scale. Sure. Whereas either yeah. Proof Marshall is, you know, if I don't care about your database, I don't need that data. So it just doesn't matter to me. Whereas if you do care, you do have that data. And then the tricky bit is, well, what if I only want some of it? Like, what if I want to verify that my balance is correct, but mm-hmm. I don't really care if someone else is getting ripped off? You can then <laughs> look at the subset of that data that just adds up to essentially those numbers and verify those numbers are correct. Sounds like that something sounds to do with cool. Merkle trees. <laughs> but Peter, I, I don't get how it can work, though, without its own ICO and token. <laughs> Well, you know, that's a major challenge. Um, it's an economic challenge, though, not a technical one. <laughs> yeah, I was kidding. Obviously, <laughs> everything doesn't need a token and an ICO, but, you, you know, we probably need to raise some money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, r- right now, you know, um, Tether's been, uh, you know, funding it because, after all, it could be yet another way to go and move Tether around. So, you know, that's would you, useful. Would you see it being a, like, would you use, like, the elements language or something to build this out or would you be building out a whole new framework um, I certainly could use elements scripting stuff the more likely um, block streams uh, singularity language so elements um, is like but, the kind of the liquid SDK almost I think yeah it's like what people exactly. can use to make yeah. liquid style chains yeah I think yeah. coinshares used it to make their e-gold or whatever it was the gold yeah. coin or something yeah it's going to be oh. interesting 
to see how all this kind of these side chains and these you know how it evolves in a way once people realize Ethereum doesn't scale. <laughs> back to you though, Christian. So when it comes to gaming and and you know Bitcoin application, so the ones that I can think of is okay. So in game prizes, right? Uh, here at the the racing that we're gonna do, you can collect sats because there's little coins mm-hmm. that you like pick them up individually and you can win, uh, you know take them out to the physical well physical world as in your own wallet hardware wallet. <laughs> but I mean, so then there's advertising. You know, people pay in game to post something of theirs. Um, let light night um and bitcoin so bitcoin bounty hunt you can kill people and steal their stats that they collect yeah. so that's kind of a cool feature i don't know what light night is there what else is there in gaming like or like i don't want the world of gaming to be just advertising you know and i mean yeah sure prizes are great but um that's nothing innovative like what do you see that that could be cool well maybe we kind of switch the conversation to be a bit more gaming yeah. and i like to hear like you know if any of you are gamers i guess you probably played at least one game i i don't know um at the moment i kind of my philosophy at the moment is that you know in a way keep it simple at the moment because like just games in a way had like cash prizes for thousands of years you would play cards or chess yeah. and it was kind of just a bit added a bit of spice to the game so at the moment i think there's a lot of low-hanging fruit where people can just like uh, you know deposit a few stats play a game earn some stats etc um yeah but then again gaming is such like a you know it's like the reason I became a game dev is because you can kind of create a universe, right? And you can play with the rules of physics. You can, you know, it's very, very creative. So I guess it's endless to what people will do. Um, I'm not sure at the moment. I, I quite like, I'm actually working on a project, which is we can kind of get like in some AAA games, you could get a bot to oh, play for you. <laughs> like the bot would play for you. And then the bot would Whoa, earn, you pay your bot? earn you sats. Like, it came about like how do we stop bots playing these games right you know we want humans to play but then mm-hmm. well why do we why discriminate against bots uh, <laughs> you know so I, I don't know i think it's there's a lot of stuff with tokens and DeFi, and i think it's all quite complicated and what will work will work and what won't won't but we're going to see something new maybe that people haven't thought about but um open i almost up. feel like it's, what is it cyber 2077 yes been, like, the, the new perfect game. game to incorporate yeah. Bitcoin into it in some way like you can use it in that world like you can bring your stats over <laughs> yeah yeah well you know if they want to do that they know who to talk to <laughs> <laughs> there you go. but well it, it, you know what you're saying about bots also reminds me of uh you know I recently learned like, apparently on uh, Minecraft there's this notion of anarchy servers where it's basically yeah there's just no rules do whatever you want and suddenly the game changes dramatically because yeah. people start using script you know start using computer programs to go and play the game in all kinds of different ways yeah you you put bitcoin into that game and see how it goes apparently i mean my understanding is there's some minecraft servers where they've experimented with payments in bitcoin in certain ways and it it just strikes me as you know i i I think what a lot of this will do is just open up new types of gameplay style Mm -hmm. and development that are really hard to predict in advance so we've kind of seen it a little bit at the moment so I kind of like your point that, that I think there's going to be different servers. There's going to be servers which are going to be more noob friendly. Maybe everybody wins some Bitcoin. It's kind of sponsor funded. Then there's going to be like ones where like all the cheaters play. Right? Everybody's like hacking yeah. their computers. Uh, but yeah, I think like we put Bitcoin into our racing game and there's coins on the track. It's it's Mario Kart, but the coins are Bitcoin, basically how it works. And uh, some people decided not to try and finish the race and would just 
drive around the wrong way getting the coins you know yeah <laughs> so it's That's like funny. strange incentive changing right and yeah. uh yeah, yeah but I, I don't know i think just put it out there and see what people come up with people are going to use your program the wrong way no matter how you like in a way that kind of happened with bitcoin right when bitcoin came out the first thing i did was try to spam it with my monkey game yeah. <laughs> so it's it's gonna be interesting to see but um are any of you that's sarah toby Sarah, yeah, it's 2013, and yeah. I you made Sarah Yeah, yeah. Funky past a certain. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's actually come I out again. Oh, it's back out again in testing, but on Lightning actually at the moment. So, if yeah. You, yeah, but yeah, but that was a game I made in, in 2013. I did yeah, it all you, on you chain. You created the uh, the Satoshi card from Rare Pepe, right? Yeah, uh, that was game? Spells of Genesis. Um, the spells of Genesis. So yeah. for the viewers, there was a protocol before Ethereum called Counterparty. I think you were a consultant yeah. on that, Peter. I remember seeing your name on some. Yeah, I yeah I did some auditing for that. Auditing that was it, sorry, yeah, or something. It was like I think um, it was actually I think it was an honest project because they didn't do an ICO to launch it. They did like a proof yeah. of burn, which means that none yeah. of the founders got rich off it, kind of thing. But ultimately, it was kind of an on-chain thing, and it had scaling issues. So. Uh, yeah. as well as my game did so i brought my game back on lightning for the kind of bitcoin side but a lot of people are looking for like is there like a more scalable solution to do kind of game items as it were well a point i would make is a lot of the games you kind of talk about are a client server model mm -hmm. whereas there may be models of games or you know things sort of like games that operate purely decentralized yeah okay. hunter coin do you know that one maybe i haven't heard of that one it was an old Fuck. one yeah, I played there. They it it was basically I think there. Do you know the South Park episode where they played World of Warcraft and there was like this yeah. really really strong player who was killing everybody, and uh, they couldn't stop it because they didn't have control of the server. They wanted to do something similar like that, basically because the game was decentralized. Even the game devs couldn't stop players yeah. or something. And it was like a Wild West type, but every move I think was on the blockchain. It was quite ambitious, and uh, I think they had their own blockchain to do that, obviously. Yeah, they made an altcoin in their own blockchain. Yeah, yeah. The creator that died, unfortunately. Did he? Oh, wow. Yeah. Sad, because that, that's... Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. But yeah, but maybe that's Yeah, what... he was a young guy. He had a business partner. The business partner tried to keep it going, but I don't... I think it, I think the game just died with the 2015 altcoin bubble. Oh, okay. But it would be cool. It would be... An altcoin bubble? Well, the 2014, <laughs> like 13, 14 went like this yeah. right oh, okay. died in 2015 <laughs> um yeah i remember playing that game thinking like these guys are onto something pretty cool here i wish they'd use bitcoin but i think a lot of, yeah there's serious technical challenges you know it's uh it's but I mean, one like of the reasons fortnite what is it v box or something like that like fortnite yeah. has its own currency linden dollars had like and virtual property was, you know, worth some real money there. But remember, in those examples, what's the actual technology behind that? It's just some database. It's same not, as it wasn't the, a blockchain, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, it wouldn't be a very, very auditable period. It'd be the same database as the rest of their game data. That guy, the creator of Second Life, Philip Rosedale, tried to create a another uh, virtual world game with a cryptocurrency called yeah. uh, high fidelity mm -hmm. and i was trying to convince him to use lightning network or to use 
a side chain of Bitcoin or something. We were yeah. chatting back and forth. I was like in the in the world with them, uh, testing it out. I had a, a wallet going and stuff, but they ended up partnering with EOS. Doing ICO. They, they didn't do an ICO, they but they okay. partnered awesome. with EOS. They they raised some money from Galaxy, and because Galaxy was huge into EOS, so they yeah. they were like bag holders of EOS and invested in Block yeah. One and all that. And they ended up getting wrecked and oh you know they gave up on the idea so so they they had challenges trying to finish the game in a way that people would uh, yeah. natively get digital money yeah you know i think it was both too early for virtual world version of second life and also they were using a token that just kept going down in value continually yeah. <laughs> Does i can getting excited about like winning satoshis it's like the new faucets these days right yeah lightning games like i won some bitcoin <laughs> yeah like but that guy philip rosedale was was also on a podcast with i think uh, laura shin with the guys from make or die a, a couple of years ago and they were just get, de debating like stable coins versus virtual game currencies and it's just like it's just not on their radar to think about using bitcoin these guys have such a misconception about what bitcoin is they yeah. think they swallow that like narrative from crypto vcs and silicon valley vcs that none of them probably heard party. they've never heard of the lightning network i think for one thing so speaking to some of the like larger game companies like they've had no idea that the lightning network exists or even that's a thing right yeah. they just kind of think it is like bitcoin okay that's like the, the, the slow stable one and everything else is like ethereum exactly oh sorry go I, ahead i put it like a lot of people think the lightning network does not so much doesn't exist but has failed because you mm. do you know on the likes of like hacker news and stuff you do see a lot of people falsely claiming that you know lightning is vaporware or that it's you know been tried yeah. and failed etc because of course they just want to bash bitcoin yeah but that miss you know that misinformation seems to get out further well like we, yeah. we did at the last mint got which is our monthly esports i think in two hours we did over ten thousand transactions on the lightning network oh. <laughs> so it's yeah. like oh, but the thing That's is, like, awesome. the way I kind of see it is that, so I was in this space in 2013 making games, and I kind of saw the scaling issue, but a lot of companies, you know, they've got this product, and, like, Bitcoin, it stopped working because of Bitcoin or Calipine doesn't work, and in yeah. a way, Ethereum was, like, the only option for them to kind of, unless they want to, like, fire all their staff or anything, right? You know, they can't yeah. wait for the Lightning Network or tokens that are scalable to come about, so... And then I think all the gaming community kind of went over there, and they haven't come back yet, but I think now that yeah. we have the Lightning Network, we're starting to see some more interest in it. How do we get the VCs to want to support Bitcoin, um, promoting Bitcoin? Because the incentive is there for all these these early uh, crypto VC guys that are raising $100 million funds yeah. to want to tokens and to want to dump tokens on retail. So how do we convince these VCs to stop pushing this false narrative that Bitcoin is not upgrading and not scaling and, and can't scale and all this stuff and and but get them to invest in. <laughs> you know electric capital came out with this really long report today and they talks about looks at the different ecosystems um including bitcoin and eth and um so it, bitcoin and ethereum are the highest growth like um in terms of monthly active developers since 2017 like you can look at the statistics and we we're talking about eos before it's been losing a lot of developers towards you know, like the old ones, like whatever, 200. If you look at the, the coin market cap list, you know, 
they're losing developers and they're all moving towards things like DeFi, sure, but Bitcoin as well. And so I think getting this kind of data is very important, whether it's like to regulators so we can say, hey, look, it's a high growth industry. We're really, um, you know, develop the number of uh, employees is one way to measure that. Um, or just to, you know, to VCs. I think the more metrics that we have and data points that we can use to, to explain that story, the better. Yeah, all I can say is that, like, it's kind of my job as a Bitcoin game developer to, and to make that happen. But we do have some exciting stuff coming that I can't speak about, but hopefully at the next Mint Gox, we're going to do a, a nice reveal about something. I think that it's going to be pretty popular. And it's it's like very simple. It, it integrates Bitcoin into a very, very popular game that people play now without Bitcoin. So I think once people start to see it in action, I think that's the thing. They, the, an announcement yeah. of an announcement. I'm um, quite frustrated, <laughs> but I got told off for hinting at it. But there's no token or no ICO. There's no, I don't want to hype it off or anything. It's going to be it's, great. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, we should, I think we think it's about time to get onto the lightning lap. Um, <laughs> so um, just for the audience, um, Peter is like a, a proper Bitcoin developer, so he doesn't have a computer that's capable of playing a simple Mario Kart game. Um, so he gets a Linux score <laughs> or something. But Peter's just going to be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, so we're going to have Brad and uh, Crypto Mags are going to do a lap. So how it works is we have um, a Bitcoin kind of Mario Kart style game that if you want to play it yourself, you can play it at the next Mint Gox. But they will both do a lap each around the track. They can actually collect some Bitcoins as they race around and withdraw those Bitcoins at the end. But what we'll be doing is we'll be recording their fastest lap time, and that will go on a leaderboard. Um, and we're going to just, we're going to have some... We're going to represent Canada. You're going to represent Canada. We're going to do this with a lot of, you know, a lot more Bitcoiners going forward. So I think we've got Nicola Dorier signed up. He's going to do a lap. So oh hopefully it's going to be some um, competition. We're coming for you. Yeah, <laughs> Stefan Levera said yes as well. So we can get him on. Um, we'd like to get some other podcasters. But yeah, it's very similar to a show uh, called Top Gear, which did a similar thing if people... <laughs> know that show um star in an affordably uh, priced car but yeah it's a bit a bit of competition and people can bash each other on twitter um but this is the first time so there's there's no real score to beat however having said that i did get my note well there is mine i'm getting zero so <laughs> maybe we'll get you on another time like if we meet in person I'll, I'll bring my laptop but let me see can you hold on there we go so, so Right? Yes, you launched the game, and but we have um yeah I got my no coiner Ned friend. He's a, a friend of mine who's a no coiner. Just still a lap time, so it's something to aim at. So seventy six <laughs> points. Withdrawing the sats? Is he still a non no coiner? Um, I doubt it. No, I don't think he did withdraw the sats because he didn't like have his he didn't have a lightning wallet. You know. Anyway, I did it quickly before this event because I think we weren't sure that yeah, other yeah. people could get the game working. So that's the score to beat. Um, I'm just going to, I just need to move the Google Hangouts for the stream so we can. Um, Connecting to server. Yeah, so I think actually, I think Peter and Brad might not be able to see the lap. If you want to see the lap, you can watch the live stream, which is on, it's on at minkgox.com. Oh, I'm not playing right now, am I? You're not playing. Mags is going to do it first, but the audience will be able to see the live stream. 
it's um, good because it's so can we erase each other or or is it that we have to do it separately this is separately at the moment it's a lap time yeah it's it's not a race so, oh i see the lap time okay okay so, I, might have to I, I think todd you need to regale the audience in the interim like do you know some <laughs> you know great songs you could give us <laughs> You do not want to hear me sing. I'll say that much. <laughs> My cat is going on the keyboard again. Oh, it's Garfield. Okay, so I think the audience should be able to see the game. Um, and I just need to put the sound on. Am I doing the online one? Yeah, you're going to do the online one. Um, so yeah, I just need to set up here. I need to... And do you remember the password, Mags, was the new password, which I was do. the simple password. I love Satoshi's. <laughs> very much. Post <laughs> the game. So this is cool. Oh, while we wait, what is your thoughts about the bits versus Satoshi's, guys? <laughs> Can I go and just say Bitcoins? Because I've never, 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 never wrapped my head around either of them. So question. <laughs> You, you just said Bitcoins. Is it Bitcoin or Bitcoin? That's how many you have. Capital B space capital P. That's how he's saying it. Bitcoins. Cool. cool. <laughs> so because some people say like, I own Bitcoin, but they don't say I own Bitcoins. Oh, crap. I'm trying to remember this password here. Hold on. It's full uh, word. <laughs> I think the plural version of fractional Bitcoin would be Bitcoins even still. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds right to say it like I own, you know, 0.5 bitcoins. Yeah, I like that. But when we do the Mint Gox event, it's cool to say that you've won a, mi a million sats. Have a nice yeah. But so. Can you set me the password? Hundred thousand bits. I will. Oh, I'm trying to. Uh, it, it's a four-letter word beginning with T. <laughs> oh, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> For letter word. <laughs> In comes ten thousands uh, requests to go and uh, log on. <laughs> okay, here we are. I think she she's in. So this is the audience. I'm uh, just checking the sound is okay. Okay. Yeah. So you won't be able to see the time. I will be able to see the time, and then I'll make a note of it. And then Brad will do his lap time, and then we'll do a reveal at the end. Well, let's hope I can do my lap time. My computer all of a sudden decided yeah. to not want to restart. Okay. We're starting. Thanks. Yeah, no, I just wanted to see the, um, I put it on a computer, not a computer, but I found it. Got you. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pick up the sats. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to run around the track picking up sats. <laughs> right around the track, be like, screw the time. I can get, hey, is there like some fries or something? Like, am I competing? But you have to start. You're not starting. Where am I going? Forward. There we go. Uh oh, okay. I wasn't on the screen. You've got oh, three God, laps. Start, You've got three laps to do. So the first lap is always going to be a slowest because I'm you start from a, a zero. Say cheese, everyone! I'm fleeting. You're fleeting. Okay, okay, okay. Well, a little bit of a jump there. Yeah. You're on fleet. Oh, you, you hit the wall a little bit. You slowed down. No, I did. I know. Well, you got a coin. Okay. I don't know how to do the banking turns. I'm sure there's like some magical secret way to like bank, but ah! you can. I'm used to the wizard. 
the wizard is a little bit better. So they have the magical internet wizard. Uh, Brad, you should definitely try playing this game. Um, using the wizard character. You know, okay. I'm rebranding. I'm not the wizard anymore. For people well, who may are. not be familiar with the game. So this is a, a Mario Kart game that we use to do esports tournaments and make boxes. So we have like a multiplayer mode where people can join on and you can collect bitcoins, which are the coins they are worth about 10 sats. Those sats you can throw at other people like a bullet to kind of knock them off or you can keep them until the end and withdraw. We also have like Bitcoin prizes um, for people who become come first. And the audience can even pay stats to drop power-ups for users. And this is all, I should say, it's all, a lot of this Bitcoin is provided by our sponsor, Bitrefill. A big thanks to them. So yeah, if you want to check it out, you can join us for the next Midgox. I'm having oh, issues. This track doesn't have that secret like passive. There's, oh no! Oh, yeah. There's another level you can kind of use a little bit of a shortcut. I don't recall any shortcuts on this one. <laughs> oh, I tried to get rid of some of the shortcuts. We had like ultra shortcuts, they called them, where... Yeah, wait, did this level have the shortcut? I'm trying to remember now. Not that I know of. There was one right at the end. I thought it was this track. You shortened it because there was a way you could cut across through the pylons. You didn't tell me this, track? so... <laughs> Maybe you... Yeah, because nobody wants to say that. Like. You could, but you could tell all all the people were using it. The guys that were first, okay. they were just cutting through. Okay. Well, now this there's some. I've I've made an update so that there's like some cheat detection now. But if you do that, it will tell you. Oh, all. okay. I don't see any shortcut anymore. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah, you've got almost finishing your second lap. After that, you've got one more lap. So make 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 the last okay. one one that counts. <laughs> Basically, he just said I was terrible. You're competing against no coin and Ned. His name's not actually Ned, so I'll tell you that much. But here's I, I hope no... this first time, so it can be like a true slaughter. Somebody's... <laughs> no yeah. on, on this track, there is a player who actually, I think they got like something crazy, like 40 seconds or something. What? But... Oh, okay, I want to know relative to that. <laughs> a, a good time is, I think, anything under 60. Okay, okay, I'm gonna try to get under 60. That's I don't know, is there a magic to turning? Is there like a button that It's called turn? racing lines. <laughs> Where you basically, <laughs> you want to kind of go wide and then cut in, so. That was not it. <laughs> okay, half, okay, half lap left, so. It's not too bad though. Considering you you, you're talking time? as well. Uh, I, I, I will be able to see, to see the time in a second. But yeah, I, 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 I'm getting those curves tight. Okay. Ah, no! Okay, last one. Oh, no, it's finished. It's finished, Ooh, so you stuff. should be able to withdraw. I'm going to just... Uh, oh, man, I'm not, I, I know this. People are going to steal my stats, so I'm going to get my, my wallet ready here. Yes, no, you're too good at the game. They won't be able to see that. Only you can oh, see this. Oh, they won't. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Boom! I got 130 stats. <laughs> okay, I got your time down as well, and I'm not going to say anything. Nice. Okay, so let's try Brad. Hopefully Brad's had a bit of issues with keyboard before, so... Uh, I'm having issues now with it won't open because my computer keeps saying virus and threat protection, security scan required, and I'm trying to deal with that. Peter Todd is okay. trying to hack you right now. <laughs> didn't say this last when we were doing all yeah, the... Yeah, it's cool. Oh, 
zero threats found. It just won't stop spamming me with virus and threat protection. Brad, what sites have you been going on? <laughs> Some really sketchy ones about Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin Cash. <laughs> what, what did he go? Is it Bitcoin.com? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This one you can't play on your phone yet, right? Close. No, uh, I was thinking about making a mobile build, but I have to work out how the controls work. But maybe that's yeah. more, more accessible. The thing is, like, it would only be Android only because it has Bitcoin in it, and then it, we'd have to do it through like Android or something. You know. Oh, looks like it's opening now. I do have a yeah. Bitcoin game on iOS, so actually it could be okay because iOS they let you give. They let you kind of get Bitcoin, but you can't pay for things with Bitcoin. So maybe this game would be okay because it only rewards you. Okay. But Apple have some strange rules where the game has to be like the rewards have to be random. Um, random? Oh, or like um... turn off the music. It's okay. The music's fine. Um, as long as it opens. Turn it down. So in some some stores, I don't know if it's Apple or. Um or Android where you can do some sort of like raffle is okay on one but not the other? Um, basically, Apple have a rule that you can't do cash for tasks. So you can't have like, you know, complete the survey and get some Bitcoin. It has to have like a random element. Oh, okay. So maybe that's okay, but yeah. Okay, because Android's always so, like, hey, do this survey, get some money. <laughs> so they're okay with gambling, but not work. Well, it's not gambling if you don't pay, right? You're not allowed to pay in a way. So, like, is there gambling? No, I don't think gambling. It still feels like gambling. Come on. Like, you can't. So with a with Apple, if you play the game, and the game will randomly give you like a Bitcoin tip, no strings attached. It's random. It's not guaranteed. That's okay. But like okay. paying, you know, any app purchase to get Bitcoin or to enter a competition would not be allowed. Anyway. I, I okay, I'm. Ready, oh, you're sir. in there. Good. So just join the game. The password is the. the the four-letter one. The four-letter word. <laughs> okay. Can you beat Mag's time? Well, I think, seeing as you haven't played this game since, until... Oh, I can... I can spend points? Can make myself faster? Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> I told you that, Mag. You're gonna just... Oh, I could have spent money? No, you basically can customize your cart up to about six points. Nice. Give me... How give me a Oh, give me that know. grip, give me that acceleration and that speed. I'm ready to go. Yeah, but you're you're better than me at this game, so I'm probably gonna get smacked. I'm gonna take a look. I missed it. We can do another one, maybe if, if you didn't weren't aware of that, Max. I might. But... No. I actually no. wasn't. Hold on. How did I miss that? I might Let's start. Or we I, could do. I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll be the rude one and say, you know, I'm not sure extra speed would have helped you with that steering. <laughs> <laughs> you can increase handling really, though. Really you see me then. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I couldn't make it around a straightaway without crashing into the walls. <laughs> Alright. It's booting up. Do you have it? You should be... Your cart should be visible now, so you can just press forward. 3, 2, 1. Go. Go. I'm moving! Woo! The game works! Do you have a lightning wallet on you that you can withdraw? 
Um, not that I've restored. Okay. Well, no worries. Someone else can take my sats. Oh, crap. Yeah, not really. Well, you would have to oh, share no, your screen to do that, so. Oh, I'm stuck again. The first lap is... I want to watch the first are, lap okay. is not going to be your fast lap because you start from like a, a, a zero speed, right? The second lap, you're coming in with some speed, so don't worry too much yeah, about if, the first lap. Just get if used you're to a good it. driver, <laughs> that's what happens. Excellent. I'm driver. continually smashing walls and fences. Yeah, I was doing that too. Don't feel bad. <laughs> I watched you play. You were good. Thanks. I've been around the block. Oh, the block, guys. Oh, <laughs> okay. I did. I actually won once back back in the day when it was OG racing days. But then the last one was terrible. I was second last, <laughs> and that's when I decided to retire from esports. <laughs> it gets pretty competitive. I tell you. It that. does. Yeah. Some of these guys are insane. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, You're doing okay. At least you haven't gotten stuck. <laughs> You're just letting your country down. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't hit the wall that time. You're, you're letting your queen down, Brad. <laughs> Our queen. Our collective queen. Every time I hit a wall, the price of Bitcoin goes down $10. Oh, shit. Let me check my block. <laughs> okay. Coming through the barn. That's a difficult corner. Everybody crashes no. there. Yeah. Wasn't there a cow that used to walk across? No, there? he still walks across. There's a cow that oh, might be here. He might do actually. I, I don't know where he, he is. So, yeah. I need a I need a handbrake, man. It's you can drift, drift actually. It. If you jump and press move. Oh, you, there's a jump. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you can there drift, you but yeah. Okay. Whoa, jeez, what a jump! <laughs> you have to hold space after you jump. If you keep holding down space, wonder... you can drift. Oh my god. Anyway. Okay, so I yep. think I collected 13 coins, Let's see how many the, coins you get. That's some early beta feedback there. The jump is too high. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just almost jumped over the fence trying to yeah, do it. Yeah, you're probably right there. I don't think the game really needs jump either, but... <laughs> no, it does. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, I, yeah, the jump is like oh, a rock boost just... right now. Okay, one more lap, final lap. I think Mags can oh. be comfortable with her. <laughs> Unless this lap is stellar. I don't think this lap is going to be... But to be fair, you know, we, we're going to have other Bitcoiners on who will be just as bad, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I think Nick Nick Dory is going to be quite good because he's a gamer. I'm a gamer too, man. It's Okay. <laughs> this is not the skills that I'm developed, though. I've developed... You have to get used to the mechanics, like yeah. Shooter? What's that? Are you a first-person shooter or what kind of gaming... I like to play uh, Overwatch. Okay. Daughter, we play that together. I usually okay. go with characters that are not required to have Twitch-based controller skills. So Moira and Symmetra, tanks what's, and stuff. Wait, what's a Twitch-based skill? Uh, react, good reaction time and good aim. Oh, okay, okay. See, it's something that fades as you get older, right? It's like. Um, well, oh, really? I developed really well Reaction on my time. computer skills with FPS, with mouse and keyboard. And then when I was like 30, I started switching to try to okay. play with friends on consoles. And then like this 
skill yeah. is like you can't compete with kids that grow up on that. Yeah, I'm just making logging down your your time. Okay, interesting, interesting. Uh oh, I don't like that way that sounds. Okay. That sounds like you boosted your speed a lot and it made a difference. Okay, let's. Uh, okay, that's good. Thank you for that. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm so happy that was smooth and it worked. Hold on, let me just get rid of the game. Is this your first time playing, Brown? Yeah. Wow. Why was it good? No, you're you're not doing bad. Like you haven't gotten turned around, for example, and gone oh, the wrong way. I smashed into a wall like every five seconds. Though. I, I did that too. But okay. The worst was one time when I didn't get turned around and I was just going the wrong way. There we go. Were you? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to submit the times. Who should we do first? Uh. Okay. <laughs> oh, let me just turn this on. Your broadcast stuff. Uh, fleet this, this QR code. Yeah, fleet that, and somebody will be able to withdraw if they do it. Christian, your broadcast stopped. I don't know why. Uh, On restream. Did it? I'm still streaming. Can somebody from the audience confirm if we're in? Are we still streaming? I mean, I can still see it on my phone. You can? Oh, maybe it's just. Oh, that's phone. a periscope. Yeah, we're going to upload this as like a YouTube video anyway, so I'm recording it so yeah, yeah. people can watch it. Um, okay. It still says live. Yeah, so let me let me enter this time. So I'm... Now I want to see... Okay, so I'm going to reopen that game and see how much you could have boosted your stuff. Huh. You know, oh. you know, Christian, that might have been a good thing to say that you could do. I did tell you, actually. Three, three times. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mentioned it. Okay. You know, you need to you need to have an effect on the points so that it's like growing, shrinking, and flashing. Yeah. Like, so this game was we actually so just to give a bit of context before I do the big reveal. We we actually were going to do all these gaming events with a different game at like all the conferences. Sorry, my my husky just appeared. Um, but then all the conferences got cancelled, so we kind of had to quickly make Mint Gox and make an online game. So this game has been very much we've kind of been playing it in production. We've actually got um, somebody on board to help out, like a, a proper game dev who worked on some um, some like pro games. So she's going to really help us out and polish the game up. But yeah, cool. loads, loads of stuff we can add to it. Uh, but yeah, okay. So Max, how do you think you did? Do you think you did better than No Coiner Ned? I don't know. I'm, I, when I saw your reaction, I was like, oh, the No Coiner, yes. Possibly. But... Oh, I'm much better than a no coiner. I no, must be much better. No, but I'm actually really worried that I, I I missed the opportunity of boosting some of the stats, and and I wonder to what extent it actually had an impact. I I think I you. Should be, I should be presumably better than someone who's never played, or else like, come on, I'm super terrible. So, uh, I would imagine I'd be better just because I've done this track a few times. Well, my screen says finished first, so. You were I'm the only one. <laughs> Okay, well, let's. I'm going to refresh the page. Um, can you? Oh, you probably can't see it, can you? Because it's not on the stream. Um, I'm going to send this in the chat, the stream to the website, which will have the. They have the score. And our audience. Are can you going to show it on the stream? So yes. I can, I'm watching the stream. Yeah, it's on the stream. Then you can watch it on the stream. There we go. Mag uh, 67.589. You are better than a no coiner. So <laughs> let's show them to be proud of them. <laughs> You beat no coiner Ned. I mean, I got a reputation to to, 
of all here. So, oh, Brad, congrats. your name is Brad Mills. No right? coiner net. I like that. No coiner net. I was going to go with no coiner Norman, but I thought Ned was a bit better. No, I like no coiner Ned. Okay, nice let's. I'm just putting in um Brad score into the system. And now ultra coiner Brad. <laughs> so, how do you think you did, Brad? Do you think you did better than a no coiner? Um, she beat him by a good 10 seconds, so I'd say, I'd say I probably did just slightly lower than no coiner net. I think I did like 70, 70, probably 78 seconds or something. I have faith in Bitcoin Brad. So you think you did worse than net, actually? Okay. I think I did a little bit worse than Ned, yeah, because I crashed into the walls a lot. But, but there was three. Maybe there was a lap where you didn't actually crash. Yeah, the, Ned was terrible. So <laughs> it was pretty bad. Why did you say Brad was no, terrible Ned, or Ned? Ned? Ned was terrible. Ned. Oh, okay. But Brad was very Ned. good for his first time. <laughs> He's like watching this. There we go. He's like, I ain't your friend anymore. You right, just beat him. Um, the stream takes a while to upload. But yeah, 75.259 seconds. Oh, so just you're beat better Ned. than a no-coiner. Wow, nice. Way to go. And Peter, I think we'll leave yeah. your score for another time. Maybe. I must say, <laughs> even with the handicap. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you. I was watching your stream. You were doing good. You had good, good control and not smashing into the walls a lot. <laughs> There's a video of one of uh, our current champion, and he won't let me share the video because it reveals okay. his racing lines. But he guy's insane. It's like literally every oh. line is perfect, and yeah. like yeah, it's, and it, you know, um, I think he, he races like go karts in real life as well, so he knows the lines, but. Anyway, but congratulations. Well done, you guys. I think that was very good, especially Thank you. it was your first time. And the important thing is you're better fine. than a no-coiner. Peter, next time we're at a conference or something, I'll bring a laptop in. We'll have to do it then. <laughs> yeah, you can get yeah. on the leaderboard. But you've got like months to practice in the meantime. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hey, see, uh, normally I play like Transport Tycoon, so a different skill set. We, we will have like some first person shooter type games coming that we might do a similar thing with if that's more your skill set awesome. but yeah also i found out i'm a grenadier i just like yeah you could do the sniper rifle but i'm just gonna come out with the bazooka every time <laughs> I, i'm not terrible at doom i'll say that much okay well nice i think yeah that still has quite the community playing oh yeah well quake and doom yeah, are kind of like um i did a lot of research because i was trying to work on some like you know quake mods and stuff but like they're like the doom it all started from kind of doom or it started from wolfenstein 3d which then became yeah. doom which then became quake and then quake kind of was used for half-life and then counter-strike was built up and all the first person shooter games kind of evolved from like john carmack pretty much it's pretty although it's interesting Unreal is a bit seems to be one with like the biggest level editing community oh really Probably okay. because of course it's two and a half d so it's easy yeah, I you see. know the moment you add that third dimension, just the amount of time you spend goes up so much. I think just like light mapping as well. People don't like to light map. If you know, like light mapping, it's when you have to kind of bake yeah. or render the light. It like it takes ages, <laughs> and you basically spend eight hours to see that it didn't work. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think there's um, what was I going to say? Yeah, um, I I'm hoping I'm starting to see a, a, a little bit of a a lightning kind of modder hacker communities starting with some of these old games i think we're gonna see some exciting stuff coming soon you know what so so i was so i'm i do a lot of vr these days and i was thinking if you could do beat saber 
and every slash mm. that you get if you could get a satoshi like that's some great incentive there there was somebody who was working on that so um uh, that's awesome the company that i founded makes like um, SDK tools for game developers who want to build, who, who want to add lightning into games. So we did have one guy or girl in the in the, our chat was saying cool. he wants to make it. They want to make a Beat Saber game. I've got a strong community too. Like they're modding levels and everything for that. Yeah, I have to. I had to mod it for my wife. She's like, Chris, I want this song. Do it. And I had to like go and like research Beat Saber modding and had to set up like all the green screen and everything, so she can just upload her bum on on in Instagram when she. That's all she. <laughs> That's what she cares about, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I kind of think like gaming does have this kind of hacker style kind of culture around it, and yeah. I think there's there's an analogy there with a lot of kind of Bitcoin hacker type feels, and I think like the only thing that made it difficult was just we didn't really have a, a scaling solution, like, you know. But now we have Lightning, yeah. I'm, I'm really quite excited, and given time, you know, I think it makes a lot more sense to try and mod an existing game than it does to try and build your own game, which yeah. you know. So I think we're going to see some exciting stuff. Next year, but I've, I've said too much already. I'm keep getting can get in trouble. Um, yeah, so um, I, I'm conscious of your guys' time, um, but yeah, you guys have given me like almost like three hours, over three hours or something. It's yeah, really appreciative of that. Um, so we're just gonna close up, but I'm just gonna give you an opportunity just to kind of give you know let the audience know where they can follow you, where they can find out more, etc. So if you want to go first, Max. Oh yeah, sure. I'm on Twitter, Crypto Mags. Crypto Mags, yeah. We'll link to that when we tweet that. And did you have a podcast as well, Mags? Or you stream sometimes? Um, I'm doing some uh, like uh, live streaming, um, either off Twitter or uh, MetaMesh. So I do consulting work uh, in the Bitcoin space. We also have really expanded into multimedia because that's kind of where the world's yeah. headed. But um, I mean, traditional, you know, if you need Bitcoin assistance. I would also say if you have mining, like, if you have. The... I'm really getting into mining right now because um, so I used to work on yeah, a lot of low carbon projects. You did some green mining. Yeah. Sorry, exactly. I was meant to ask you about that. So green mining. So yeah, I was just oh, I was so so excited to see Square and Jack when they launched that new initiative towards green mining. Only because like I can actually connect all the different parts of my life that I used to work on. So I used to use you know carbon markets, electricity markets, and now crypto or Bitcoin markets, right? And so. As um, I think it's really interesting where, where we're seeing mining going. If you can start to apply things like heat recovery to either, you know, bring down the cost of Bitcoin or just from the perspective of like, everyone's always talking about how environmentally destructive Bitcoin is, but it doesn't have to be. And there's so much that, you know, is being used um, in the renewable space. And then also just kind of connecting the whole, you know, even when, when we were talking to um, the different bankers when we were trying to launch the fund, we had questions come up where, you know, oh, you know, our investors are concerned about corporate social yeah. responsibility and how does mining connect with that? Yeah, a lot so of people won't touch Bitcoin because of environmental issues. Yeah, so if you yeah, can kind right? of uh, alleviate those concerns, I think it can win over a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So if you're on like, a, you know, a low carbon grid, uh, it's very different. Or if you're doing things too, like imagine if you're on a low carbon grid plus using the uh, heat exhaust to do other things like, um, you know, they're growing fruits and veggies, and that could have a big impact in places where there's um, fruits and veggies, and veggies and marijuana. I, I mean, like, <laughs> hey, you got security anyways <laughs> for the miners. You might as well. You can grow vegetables marijuana. for the cows to eat, and then you eat the cows. It's what you're, you're trying to. Say. It's legal. <laughs> there's no shame in just saying you're going to grow some pot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> On a large industrial scale. 
I mean, I could buy it from the Canadian government directly on a nice online store. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's actually interesting is farming in Ontario traditionally has been massively, they're using coal because the environmental regulations, because it's food production, it's not like, they're not as strict on um, on it like other industrials like like cement and, and steel. And so tons of, you know, coal, which is, the worst fuel to be used in terms of environmental impact and so if you actually like for example switch them to um, the electricity grid and use the heat to grow fruits and veggies that's already a, an environmental win there uh so yeah no I'm, i've been really diving into mining and i think uh you know seeing jack and uh, and 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 square kind of really throw that in it to play um you know funding towards that i said was personally kind of exciting to me um and and Seeing BlackRock really come into um, uh, to Bitcoin recently, you know, both CEO and CIO comments, um, and thinking back when two years ago BlackRock really kind of made waves in, in the investment community when they were talking about, you know, like triple bottom line thinking, you know, we need to think about beyond profit, you know, be socially responsible. So when a company like that, you know, that takes that approach has made an impact in the, in the corporate environmental scene and now they're talking about bitcoin so obviously you know they might also kind of shift I, I don't know what kind of investment decisions they'll be making if they're like could you imagine if people are kind of like well i actually want bitcoin that was mined sustainably and that's what we're about <laughs> yeah. i mean a lot of this seems a bit funny to me because it you know but, Bitcoin inherently will always be using more re renewable energy than anything else because your marginal costs are so cheap for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the marginal cost of wind when you don't need the power is zero. Well, exactly. that's the thing, you know, one of the same issues is hydro. these things waste money when, you know, in a, yeah. if you can store that money or if it's not being used or you have excess power, you can put it into something yeah. useful, I suppose. Like for, yeah, like for example, natural gas prices have really risen. Um, in Alberta and anyone mining there has been impacted. And then once you tack on things like carbon price, so if you're if you're using coal, if you're using uh, natural gas, that will impact it, especially as different countries kind of like ramp up their uh, emissions targets to 2050. You know, so so if you're on renewables, you're in a good spot from the marginal cost and from the. Um, well, it's interesting price. you mentioned like natural gas. I mean, I was just actually looking the other day at what are the graph you know the actual graphs of electricity production and sure enough alberta and ontario and because wind and so you know to lesser extent solar is such a big thing now mm -hmm. natural gas basically all goes to offsetting wind because the moment of course wind doesn't blow well then yeah, it will fire yeah, up the natural gas yeah 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 and, but, you know that uh, problem is not going away and we'll probably wind up getting uh, you know used on bitcoin yeah well, Ontario too. Like we've got uh, fifty percent of our base yep. load is nuclear, anyway. Yep. So that's carbon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Ontario is actually a bit worse in terms of uh, the G well, in terms of the swing due to wind, because you know, proportionally we have even more wind power than uh, Alberta does, yeah. and it's yeah. concentrated in a smaller area, so the swings can be higher. Because of course, you know, one you know one weather environment can go and basically impact all of the wind in Ontario. Yeah. The East Coast and West Coast are very um, hydro heavy. I think yeah. England needs to work on some sort of renewable power from rain. We'd have plenty of. <laughs> it's like well, in, in, England does have a fair <laughs> bit of hydro, but yeah, it's we just have like windy coasts and stuff. But 
Yeah. Like the big issue with Hydra is you got to figure out where, where are you going to put the dams? And if you don't have uh, area that's, at, you know, at least it's topographical variation, yeah. it's really hard to like figure out where you're going to put reservoirs. I think we're going you know, like... What you want is like Grand Canyon and a big, you know, place that's also compact. Yeah, England is quite kind of um, temperate in a way. It's it's nothing too extreme. It's kind of like gray and kind of a bit windy, but it's never like a hurricane kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if you could put Tesla roofs and power walls in houses and then use Bitcoin miners to heat the house? Fucking A. And yep and have it be economical is it possible to have it be economical and use the bitcoin mining machine to heat the house i used to the do problem that is it depends <laughs> where you are because heat pumps are uh you know are your competitors so basically anywhere where it doesn't get too cold the heat pump will probably be the more the cheaper way to do it but anywhere where it gets cold enough that a heat pump stops working yeah that probably gonna make sense i used to what heat my room with the bitcoin miner but... yeah um if you're, if you're near a stream, Brad, maybe you can do some, like, uh, small hydro. <laughs> I think kind of Bitcoin well, is... Than... Go ahead, Christian. No, I was going to say, I think the Bitcoiners like the idea of being able to kind of fuel their full node with, like, their own yeah. renewable stream outside, and then yeah. that connects to the satellite. Like, they're kind of self-sovereign with energy as well, so maybe there's... But, but hold, hold on, hold on. There is some, there are companies, there's one out here, I just did an interview with them last uh, last week, called Mint Green. They're getting in a big way into district heat. They're already powering production, um, like um, industrial processes or food manufacturing. So a distillery, and they're also helping make sea salt. But um, but they're for a while now they've been um, heating a lodge up in northern BC instead of baseboards. Like if you're if you're mining, with you're Bitcoin mining. Yeah. Check out check out what wow. I feed. I, I I talked about them. They're they're doing some cool work there. And so the idea is to power uh, to partner with um, uh, commercial space, any kind of low grade heat source. So if you're drying sea salt, for example, to make you know artisanal salt, that's a perfect application. If you're you have a distillery, you know if it's not like super intense high heat that you need yeah. within a certain thermal band, you you can use miners and they're what they're doing is immersion cooling so they're putting it in that special liquid that because it's it's a much better heat conductor than just air do you think it's fair to say that at some point the cost of miners will be nothing because they're going to like reach the plateau of the performance and then it's all going to be about energy i guess a lot of issues about having Minus to heat your home, it's like a miner costs more than like a radiator. You know what I mean? It's an expensive piece of equipment. Yeah, yeah. But if those costs well, come down, maybe it, it, it's all about energy. The, the thing <laughs> is, so there's two types of costs you want to go talk about. One is your actual cost for the equipment, and then the other one yeah. is the cost over how long the equipment lasts. Mm. And as Moore's law kind of dies its final burst, it won't really matter how long the, how much the equipment costs, because silicon doesn't really wear out mm -hmm. if it's designed right. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to amortize that you know, that initial cost over a much longer time period. Yeah. And but. you can swap out those chips too, right? Because, like, they're they're continuously improving. Like, the S9s... The thing is, all, all the cost is in the chips. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's like you a know? chip yeah. and a heat yeah. sink, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the power cost, like, you... If, if depending on what your rate is, uh, then then that's, you know, it's, a, it's the biggest... It is the biggest spend when it comes, you know, comes down to it. Um, but if you can, but so example, same thing for like, 
but the power cost would come in to you if you have to heat your home, right? I guess it's how more exactly. efficient That's is that, right? Really cool. Is it less yeah, efficient? Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. <laughs> well, well, like I say, remember, heat pumps are your competition because yeah. they can yeah. get more. <laughs> like, you know, in case people don't, you know, listening don't realize, like heat pumps essentially an air conditioner running in reverse. So yeah. it takes heat from the outside and puts it in your home. So it can get more heat than the electricity actually has in the beginning. Why would you want heat from the outside? Because it's, uh, it's uh, free energy. But if it's cold out... Yeah. Well, if it's not too cold, you can actually make it colder outside, take that heat, bring it inside, for less cost than just turning the electricity directly to heat. So it, even if it's cold outside, there's some heat in there which it kind of separates and, and transfers. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it works exactly like a refrigerator. It's just you swap what? which end goes where. Well, well, I mean, your refrigerator gets heat from your your kind of your kitchen air, right? And it makes it's even hotter at the back, so it's getting that heat. I guess in a way, well, it's separating it and concentrating it and putting it out the back, maybe. Like a refrigerator is taking something that's cool, taking more heat out of it, and sticking it out the back, right? Yeah. So to a heat pump. <laughs> It's like well, so everything has heat, heat in it. Moves heat. Even yeah. cold has heat, but if you just get that heat and concentrate it, it feels hotter in a smaller yeah. space. I guess outside is cold, but it's just a lot of heat spread out. So if you condense uh, well, it, maybe the outside is cold, but it's still a lot warmer than absolute zero. That's true. Yeah, I remember yeah. I took an ice bath a few months ago, and then I got out and I felt hot. It was weird. <laughs> But how does like how do you convert cold into hot without? Well, there's no such fire? thing as cold. There's only heat. Well, all right, I'll, I'll give you your explanation. You go and take a, you take a gas, you compress it to the point where uh, you know it, it's much more compressed. That'll cause it to go heat up. You you know release that heat to some, something else. Then you send it through, and then you re-expand the gas. And as it expands, it absorbs heat. Right, because essentially, you know, your molecules in your gas, like they're little molecules, and as they get further apart, that represents uh, less of less movement, essentially. So, what we call heat um, decreases. Like the temperature is essentially how fast the molecules in gas are moving, and if you separate them, the you know that speed effectively goes down, right? Because they're not bumping into each other as much, and then that lets you use that to go move heat from one place to another. You, you, mm. you're, ch you're, you're changing I don't know if I, don't know if I believe you, Peter. <laughs> well, look this way. How on earth does a refrigerator work? It takes well, heat from um, something cold and puts yeah. it to somewhere warm. What does that mean? It takes heat from something cold? Well, it's taking, well there's no such thing as cold, really, cold. Is there? There's only heat. So well, it's only because from that. it's only cold because you plugged it in and it makes it cold, well, right? So it has to start being warm. I think cold is relative, right? But, right? It's not cold. Yeah. It's only cold to your skin temperature, really. Like your refrigerator can make something. Your refrigerator cold, is warm compared to ice. If you put ice in your fridge, it'll melt because the fridge is warm compared yeah. to ice. So in a way, it so does have the, heat in there. Is the freezer and the fridge two separate things, or do they like work in synchronicity or something? Well, if you want to get the technical bits, uh, basically the way they usually work is they go two separate coils and then just pick different. Um, you know, potentially different amounts of uh, refrigerant to expand for those two yeah. areas. The show titles for this show. Yeah, is one's colder than the other. Bitcoin but, gaming like, and the big thing is, you can you can take something that's warmish but still cooler than something else. Take that heat out; it gets even colder, and then you put that heat into the warm place. That's why it's called a heat pump. It's literally pumping heat. It's funny because the heat pumps 
are a new phenomenon in Nova Scotia. And yeah. most, like I grew up with no air conditioning and most people didn't have air conditioning <clears throat> on the East coast of Canada because it doesn't get as hot in Nova Scotia as yep. it does in Ontario. When I first moved here, I was like, this is like the desert. This is like Africa. It's like 40 something degrees at a couple of days of the, of the summer. I'd never experienced that on the East coast cause you're surrounded by the ocean and everything. Yep. You know, we'd get like 25 degrees Celsius days and that would be a hot day. Sometimes it would maybe peak at 30, but in Ontario you get 40, 41. It's nuts. Yeah. Some days with that, not, not with quite that humidex. warm, but like 35, but it'll feel, you know, 40. Something with the humidex. Yeah. Totally it's humid, like yeah. Crazy yeah. sweltering. So anyways, yeah. it started to get, you know, you just suffer in Cape Breton. You just wouldn't sleep yeah. for a couple of weeks <laughs> very well because it's too hot. But now everybody's using these heat pumps. And they look like little air conditioners that are stuck to the side of your house. Yep. And a house I, I just bought on, in, a, in a Cape Breton has a heat pump in it. And I don't know how to use it yet. We're renovating the place. But I think the guy, I'm like, this could be a way to mine Bitcoin in this house because the guy has the heat pump all directed down into one room in the basement with, I think he was growing weed or something in the house. <laughs> Because why would oh you put God, your heat pump? Perfect. It's rises, like it all it rises everything up. goes down. And, I don't. I don't know. You put it at the bottom and it rises up and heats the house. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, you're gonna maybe. have a tough time getting the new equipment. The for what the mining? Yeah, I hear they're like yeah. booked out at least until the summer. Well, in terms of the the idea, like how feasible is it? Because I'm the only reason I'm thinking about this is because my furnace blew three days ago, and it's. I've been like using electric heat, like space heaters for the last That's three a, days. A Bitcoin miner would be you little little ones for for homes too. I'll connect you with them. Yeah. The miner? Right. Yeah. The, the the only issue is just the cost of the equipment. That, that's it. And the, and the reason why that's an issue is still mining is still improving. You know. Like I remember in, when I was mining, it was it was like 2011. I had a rack of graphics cards like 24 yeah. or 36 graphics cards in my room and it was consuming so much energy that they put me up into a commercial rate it was like 20 yeah. cents wow. an hour a kilowatt hour or something like that yeah. and then after a couple of months of that paying that bill and bitcoin started to crash to like five dollars or whatever <laughs> yeah. i'm like i don't i can't afford to be running yeah. these bitcoin machines yeah. anymore but, but the East Coast, I think, is cheaper electricity rate than uh, than Ontario. I don't know, but okay. the practical use of the heat, actually yeah. generating the heat, yeah. might make up for it. I don't know. Would it make up for it? it, it might up if you need that. it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, I think the Peter, big answer no? to this is just it's always what is your situation? What are the costs? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's so, just the reality well, of it. Brad, I knew why don't somebody. You just throw some marijuana right yeah. Now? <laughs> I knew somebody who lived on a military base in Japan because her husband was a soldier. So, so she just got a minor because electricity was free, you know, because yeah. wow. of the U.S. Army. So, circumstances, right? You know, I yeah. some people, some people I know are using the thirty nineties for for Ethereum mining, and they're like, I'm making one hundred fifty dollars U.S. per month. Like, yeah. plus you're getting heat. Exactly. Yeah. I was actually thinking of because there's a service called um, not uh it's an animal name i can't it's not coming to me right now it's like crypto badger or something like that and they they allow you to mine with your computer or any equipment uh oh 
Did you fall for a cl cloud mining scam? No, no, it's not cloud mining. You, you know, they mine altcoins and okay. convert it into Bitcoin. So yeah. it's like the average person can still can still mine yeah. Bitcoin with their gaming computer or whatever because they're just mining whatever's the most profitable altcoin and yeah. converting it into Bitcoin for you. I thought that would be a great service for anybody that you tie that to a heating unit while while the altcoin boom is going or whatever. I mean, you could mine Bitcoin or if it's more efficient to mine altcoins, you could do that and then convert yeah. it to Bitcoin and generate some heat, generate some Bitcoin. Would it make sense? I mean, it seems like maybe. It depends power it depends on how much like how, how large scale too i think it is and the mining uh, equipment because i my understanding is the newest machines are like 30 times more like more there's then efficiency gain and also the the hashing power um versus like the s9s yeah, I don't know. yeah it's, there's that coin miner too that they released that's like a size of an xbox and it just mines cryptocurrency mm -hmm. but a friend of mine bought one. It's like a thousand bucks or something. It's mining. And I like kind of think mining is always going to be competitive. So it's, you know, if anything yeah. is simple and makes you money, it won't be for long because everybody's going to do it. And then, you know, it, so yeah. it's one of those the things market. you have to be ahead, right? You know, uh, or, 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 but the key difference with that is for the people who can do something with the heat, yeah. they will always have that advantage. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, like, that's, that's, that's a curious thing with economics. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, it's your special circumstances. Heat, yeah. Like an industrial yeah. process, right? Or a manufacturing process. Yeah. Or even like poor people. I was thinking if it's economical for to do like a philanthropic sort of altruistic kind of capitalist thing yeah. where, where you subsidize people's who are living in poverty to put these machines in their homes and help them heat their homes and reduce their yeah, electricity. I guess there is a lot cost. of heat made by mining. If that could be funneled somewhere, right? And there's a way to do that, it makes sense because it's just wasted at the moment, right? So, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say just, you know, it, it's just going to take time for the economics to go settle down. And, you know, most capital projects go operate on much longer timescales than, I mean, even Bitcoin's existed for. And it's quite common to go talk to, like, you know, someone installing a hydro plant to have spreadsheets to talk about, well, what's economics yeah. going to look like in 50 years? Yeah. You know? Steel plants, they would buy the biggest piece of equipment, which is the Coke oven, and it's like a 40-year yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. There was a Coke oven right where I lived, actually. Yeah. On that note, we've been going for quite a while, guys. And uh, my dog... Sorry. No, it's yeah. all good. I really enjoyed this. Like, I was worried that nobody would have anything to say. So <laughs> we've, we've talked from we gaming to Bitcoin to how a fridge works. We've got some comments on the stream saying... <laughs> I didn't know how a fridge worked, so at least I don't. I still, I still <laughs> so... don't. P Peter, you're gonna have to come on my Magic Internet Money podcast and <laughs> explain how a fridge works. How a fridge oh, works. Bitcoin developer how Peter Todd is here to go explain how. how uh, your I have to works. say this because I got a projector, but how a projector works will make you. Th oh, think. those are really cool. I could definitely explain that because, like, oh, okay. <laughs> you would say it reflects light, right? But then a mirror doesn't work with it. You can't project on a mirror. You need a white screen. So it doesn't reflect light. And then it can't make black. It can only make white. So how do you have black colors on a projector? It's quite interesting when you start to think about it. Yeah. Well, that's why I like yeah, people's high-end sort of uh, theater rooms. They go paint all the walls black to uh, make sure that the blacks in their projected image possible. don't get uh, you know desaturated by all the light in the room. Yeah, it's quite interesting. You just yeah. have like super super white light which becomes gray yeah. yeah anyway anyway yeah. i remember oh. i remember one when, when i was working in a call oh. center and a friend of mine blew my mind by telling me that the speaker 
could re- record audio. Yeah, yeah, it's just a microphone, isn't it? In a it way. blew my it's, mind. I'm like, no, that's not, how, moving in. that's not how the universe works. A speaker yeah. projects audio out, and he's like, no, it can actually yeah. record audio. I'm like, no, it can't. Yeah. And then I just, I still think <laughs> about it. Twenty years later, I still think about it. he's he's right. Absolutely can, and some of them could do uh, both at the same time. And they can generate electricity, technically, I guess, right? It's just <laughs> well, I mean, that is that's like, what a microphone is. It makes small amount of electricity, right? It's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's some exceptions, but most microphones actually do generate very tiny amounts of electricity. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, that gets amplified. Yeah. Oh, it's such an educational podcast. I thought it'd just be dumb yeah. and talking about gaming. So, <laughs> it's, that's a good sign for connect for Canada, right? It's intelligent people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to try with <laughs> Americans. Or next. at least, or at least, dumb people <laughs> trying to be more intelligent in my yeah. case. <laughs> awesome. I'm gonna have to let you go, guys. Um, but I think yeah. Mags, we can follow you yeah. on Twitter. And uh, Brad, you have your own podcast, Magical Internet Money. I want to say, Magic yeah, Internet. We money. talk about how your household electronics and appliances work. If you want to know about yeah. fridges, <laughs> freezers, toasters, Brad is your guy. And um, Peter, where can people fo- follow you best? Um, well, uh, I've got my blog, which admittedly doesn't get updated much, but that's PeterTodd.org, and then uh, Peter K Todd on Twitter, and uh, for the stuff I'm working on. You know, actually code-wise, I'm on uh, GitHub at, uh, again, Peter Todd. Awesome. Okay, great. Okay, thanks a lot, guys, and hopefully we'll yeah, do this again you. and, uh, yeah, see if you can beat And how school. do people follow you, Christian? Oh, they just follow me, Gox or Mandelduck. I'm known as a Twitter. It's my Twitter. Mandelduck. Mandelduck. I followed you, like, this morning, so you might see it there. Nice. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, for guys. You. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thank and, you. Yeah, awesome. see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.